0: Hi, my talkers. This is producer Leah, and today filling in for Grant. You got
1: tickets for some game that's going on downtown. Oh, Go twins! <laughs> it was so funny. Julia and I were out at Hammernick's new location in Hudson. Gorgeous. I, yeah, gorgeous, but I couldn't believe how many of the businesses along 94, their furniture stores and just different had their Go Twins, Go Minnesota, had their People are, you know, how many years has it been since we've been in playoff? 21 years? 21 years, is it? Yeah. 20 or 21, yeah. That's a long time. People were lining up. The doors <laughs> opened
2: at 1.30, which is 90 minutes ahead of the game today. Oh, and people fine. have been lining up and crazy busy
1: all morning. Oh, that's There's good gonna for be a- all the restaurants, yep. too, down there. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, we'll keep our eye on the game, but won't spoil it for anybody. But we'll just, you know, we'll try not to... We might have to sing, we're going to win Twins, but we can't do it now. The game hasn't started. We're not there. We don't want to jinx anything. One time, Julie and I did get invited at the Metrodome. Yes, we did. To sing and lead the seventh inning Oh, that's exciting. I still have a picture. With the the lady who played the organ. Mm
2: -hmm. And then we had some listeners with us wearing boas.
1: Yes. That was so fun. It was was the one time I've been invited to sing in public where I felt... Completely confident it. of how I sang that song. I knew all the words. I don't misremember any of the lyrics like I do with most pop songs. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, fun energy down there. And I'm sure it must be like a sold out game. Today well, it must now. be. And I, I, I oh. uh, saw some pictures online posting. Uh, parking rates are at $45 oh. Oh, right yeah. now. So, you know, yeah. that's a good time when those parking rates. My kids, rates
2: go one of them is going today and he's, I'm like, how are you affording that? Yeah. Well, mom, I'm in the triple nosebleed. Yeah. And it was like 130 bucks. Yeah. Well, goes, but fun.
1: Totally fun. Just the energy mm-hmm. of it, and you know, my mom was like so happy that um, there was a team, because her team is the Mariners, and um, she's like the twins. You know, she grew up, you know, yes. listening to her dad yeah. listening to her on the radio, but she's like, I'm so glad DJ and I, which is my brother's husband. We're so glad we still have a continuation of baseball because now we're in playoffs and they enjoy playoffs. You enjoy it more, but the Mariners have been in, you know what I mean? They haven't been as disappointing right. as the Twins have been And they for had a so pretty long. good run this year until to... the very end. What yeah. did you say, honey? They had a pretty good run this year until the very end. Are like, you a big sporter? Yeah. No, I absolutely am not. This is like the most innovative about sports. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like playoff baseball. That's yes. what I like. Yes. I Packers like the bandwagon. Yeah, like I don't that. care about like well, that's too. I mean, that's so deep now, and that's such a that's such a wide angle curveball away from baseball to just. Wish uh, we're just talking about sports. Bringing up oh, the Packers, <laughs> I'm like, what? Wait a second, we're just talking about baseball. Don't make my head spin and switch to another sport unless it's pickleball, Julia. We, we only have room in our life right now. I wonder how sick for twins and pickleball. <laughs>
0: It
2: starts tomorrow. Talk. It, it all does. starts tomorrow. We show up at for stretching, conditioning, pickling, pickling, prepping, working. Pickling. At nine a.m. Mm-hmm. By the way, we have just two sets of uh tickets left to join us tomorrow night if people want to take a, a beginner pickleball lesson with us at Lucky Shots. It's a fifty dollar donation um, that will go to our charity, our charity save. So that'd be nice, and you can come and join us very low-key, very casual. Are you relieved
1: that they sold? Because I heard from some other people who didn't have any sales, and they were feeling mighty, mighty bad about it.
2: This whole thing is a lot, it's a real, you have to have, I mean, the fundraising thing has always been a little bit of a stretch for you and I. Yeah. So we have to have strong, it's going to be what it's going to be.
1: Yeah. But I will say. What do we have to have strong, what, Constitution, cores? forehands, backhands? We're going to need it all. We're going to need
2: it all. But, um, yeah, we're going to have fun, Laura. I'm getting ready. We got our our cute little uh, jackets back with our cute little Pickle Me pink logo on Mm -hmm. it. And um,
1: I hope Do you have a pair of white sunglasses? From my talk? Yeah. From the State Fair? Yeah, because yeah, we do. need to... Lori's coordinating our logo. Yeah, I we, I want to look as much like our logo as possible when we come Lori, out. are you going to wear green makeup? Um, <laughs> Where's your getting pickle outfit? Yeah, well, other than that, the blonde hair, we just need a pink bandana, you know? I've got to start. All right, good. I mean, don't you think we should just try and look like as... Have as much fun with the fashion as we can.
2: That's your department. That's my Not department. Not mine. I don't yeah. really care.
1: Well, yeah, but we did. You ordered us. Well, that's because you didn't do anything, and you- it was the day before it was due. I know, but, <laughs> Julia, you ordered us good, these good little jackets. We got these little coordinating black and pink, uh, what are they, skorts, skirts with a legging? I, what do you call these people You know, there things?
2: isn't a name for this, okay. because a skort is a short with a skirt, and a legging with a skirt should be. Should, what should that be called? I don't know. A legging skirt. If it six five one six four one one zero seven one.
1: I mean, maybe it has a name. Legging skirt. I just when I went uh, looking for one, I was just like, "Where are pickleball clothes? Is it a legert? A legs?
2: A legert, Or is it a skirting? A skirting? I mean, I, seriously, because yeah. skirt has an established Lished, name. That's right. A short with a skirt. What is a legging with a skirt? Julia, it winter is a riddle it's minis- that has been hounding people since Legger. pickleball started. But it's not just pickleball; it's everybody because you see people. Um, I've never
1: seen people play in this outfit other than pickleball. I've never seen a tennis, tennis player.
2: I play in these all the, every winter because I play in a bubble and it's cold.
1: It's cold, got so it. So it's
2: just instead of wearing a certain pair of leggings and a in a a skirt over it,
1: it's a it's two a legging. One. It's two for one. Yeah. It's two-for-one with a little side pocket. And you know what? Uh, I like the warmth factor. Totally. I hate freezing. And also in the sun as sun protector. So you're not getting burned.
2: Okay, I spent all day looking for sun protector gloves yesterday because... We're playing outside? It's just becoming a problem. Suddenly, I think it was overnight, I turned it into my mom's hands.
1: Well, Julie, you, you're you're out. You're unlike me. You're not in the fitness protection program mm-hmm. from the outside, which I have been in. I've been in the outside fitness protection program. It's and, called
2: a skew. Uh-huh. That's what my friend Charlie sent. A skew? a skew. Oh, really? Or a skeg? I like kind of a skeg, a skirt leg, a skirt, a skeg, a skeg, a skeg. So close how to about a skeg? A, how about a skegging?
1: A skegging.
2: No, because it's a skirt, <laughs> skirt short. And a skirt leg is a skegging. Yeah, a skegging. I gotta like that I like one. skeggings. I like speg- I could get behind that. I think that. skeggings. We're the- going to invent a new word. Sandy is texting us, Lori. Yeah, she knows the name of it. she's going to call it. She said it's a skegging. A skegging. Okay. Well, she's making it up too, but oh, skeg, she is. I okay. think, um, yeah. skegging. Skeggings. Does anyone, Leah, want to weigh in on our...
0: Yeah, I've got a I've got caller in the line. Hey, I, f- All right. I forgot to ask your name, but you're on the air with Lori and Julia, and you've got a great answer.
1: Hi. Hi. Hi! We're just yeah. wondering out loud, and you've saved us from ourselves. Well, so they, they've made them for the for the running community for years, and they, they just market them. They're called Run Skirts.
2: Run Skirts. All yeah.
1: right. Yeah, and With- they're fantastic. You should own them for even off the courts for just running around town. <laughs>
2: well, I like them. I wear them all the time because I don't really particularly like how tanning happens to my legs. It comes in spotty.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I like them to cover my butt from yoga pants. So the right. run skirt They're great in the winter. Run skirt kind or of, I kind of
1: like the yeah. skegging,
2: though, don't you think but the you're skegging's right. kind of cute
1: people uh, running in those as it, you know, when they when it starts getting to be like 30 mm-hmm. out, people will like, oh, I'm going to wear something warmer. But this,
2: yeah, all right, the run skirt, run skirt. and skegging. All right. We'll have a final vote with all the callers Leah's fielding right now. First of all, thank you for listening and calling.
1: Thanks. All okay. right, bye. Listen, run we got to go, skirt. Joey. We're out of time. We're going to get to kind of, I don't know why this juicy gossip is resurfacing, but we were kind of happy that it did. Just to, I love it. Just, <laughs> just love to this. go down some gossip memory lane, our story we can't get enough of.
3: Grant here for Hoffman Weber Construction. Now, they're your hometown licensed experts for over 30 years when it comes to siding, windows, roofing, doors, gutters, and even solar. Now, they're especially perfect when it comes to any hail or storm damage that you may have received. And about a month and a half ago or so now, there was some hail that went through the metro area, the Twin Cities, and the extending suburbs. And you might have some hail damage out there. And we are getting to the point where winter is just around the corner, but we have some nice weather coming up here. And you don't want to like, let that damage sit over winter and wait till spring. You want to get this done and taken care of before we get to winter. And the crew over at Hoffman Weber Construction, they can handle that for you. All you have to do is call or reach out to hwconstruction.com to set up a free in-home consultation. They'll check out, take some pictures of your roof. Then you simply call the insurance company to set the claim up, and they'll take it from there. They'll handle all the headaches that come with insurance companies, and they'll get this done in time for winter. That's the key there. You don't want to let this sit. So reach out to the crew at Hoffman Weber Construction. Go to hwconstruction.com.
1: Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We're going over our pickleball schedule with a fine tooth comb and we're like, "Whoa, we're going to be busy." We're going to be busy well, and it- and I have to say that um, you know, our charity Save um, you were gone last week, but Eric was the executive director of Save mm-hmm. and he like he's amazing. But just telling us the story of how the organization even got started right. and, you know, suicide is, a, is, uh, a, it's a trigger word. It it's is. a, um, complicated grief. More people are touched by it than you think. And so I'm like, really, even though I was very nervous about it, I'm glad that, you know, we can raise awareness and hopefully help people and share with people who are surviving suicide, you know, resources. Like, I didn't know about Save My Family 13 years ago. So I I feel like, okay, we're going to do something good in between our being, you know, the pickleballing side of the fundraising Well, that's what this whole
2: thing, Project Under, is about is raising money for local charities. And so we've been doing this. Is this
1: like our 12th year? This is our 13th year. 13th? And SAVE is a national organization, right. but they fundraise locally yes, for in each the resources yeah. and things that they need. So we'll, I'm sure, be talking. I'm sure, Eric, we're talking to him first thing tomorrow. I think we are. Yeah. I think we are. Okay, so let's get to this. And again,
2: we have two spots left if people want oh, to take do. the beginner oh, I can't um, believe that hasn't class gone. with us. Jeez, what's um, taking you so long? People
1: can do that. Okay. Well, people are trying to talk a friend into playing pickleball. That's what's happening. More people are like me and you, where one is avid pro and the other one is eh, talk me into it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So Mm -hmm. you gotta, you don't wanna sign up to this by yourself. You wanna go with a buddy. Okay. So this story was in Variety today. Thank you, Tatiana Siegel, for putting this together. So, I don't know why it's all coming out now, but if you are a Warner Brothers fan of their, their universe, DC, DC universe in mid September, um, Warner Brothers dropped a trailer for Aquaman and the lost kingdom. And on the same day that that trailer dropped, um, these, documents from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard Defamation trial surfaced on Reddit, creating a new headache for the studio behind the film. The Depp fans paid the court fees for the release of documents from Amber Heard's therapist.
2: Which Johnny Depp had
1: accessed and during during their trial. They had asked for it and they got it. The attorneys. And so for whatever reason we're getting these Handwritten notes are—they're quite—they're eye-opening. They're quite—they're eye quite, they're quite, they're quite something. So the raw notes, scribbled on a legal pad, were part of you know last year's high-profile trial in which Johnny Depp largely prevailed, although I would say his reputational damage. It was done. I I felt like it
2: was done before that, though. But
1: it was really done. We lived I mean, we found out in great detail just what a fool he'd been and what a drunk and all this other kind of really like anyway, but they had so anyway, but this doc this therapist obviously talked to Amber a lot about work because a lot of this stuff had to do she Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The, it, the Aquaman set was hostile for her. Aquaman 1. Uh, yeah, the very, the Jason B- Momoa, Momoa dressed like Johnny Depp <laughs> and pushed her, wanted her to be taken the role of superhero Mira to be taken away from her. He wanted her fired. He would show up drunk late on the set, dressing like Johnny, wearing all the rings like Johnny. A rep for Momoa declined comment, but a Warner Brothers spokesperson pushed back saying, Jason conduct himself in a professional time. All the time on Aquaman. And, and he
2: dresses in a bohemian style already, if you know Jason. We've he had does. him on the set. He's patchouli.
1: Open clothes, you know, yes. chains,
2: you know, whatever.
1: A rep for Amber Heard declined to comment, but a source close to the actress, her publicist, confirmed that the notes are Aquaman 2 set, and it was from December 27th, 2021. Her lawyers fought the release of the therapy notes, but Depp's attorneys prevailed. The therapy session also painted a f- picture of Amber Heard feeling that the director didn't like her. Right because she was uh, in this high-profile legal battle with Johnny Depp. He raised his voice to me and told me I can't post about Aquaman, and nobody would take selfies with me. And he declined to comment, and then Warner Brothers said, James is known for treating his cast with kindness. Mm-hmm. And then Elon Musk, um, what? because she was almost fired. There were talks from... Aquaman two, yes. Okay,
2: so Aquaman one happened. It happened. It happened. She had a minimal role, but the movie made over a billion dollars. Yes, three hundred exactly. million in China. Yes. So that already happened. So yes. then we're we're ramping up for Aquaman two to be shot, which is before the case with with Johnny Depp even right. was mentioned or started. That's right. She was cast. They wanted after Aquaman Aquaman one to regroup. They didn't feel the chemistry between her and Jason Momoa. They wanted to recast that role because she wasn't a good fit for A, the director, and B, the co-star. Yeah. Okay? So this is going on. And then while that's happening, she's feeling this and she knows something's going on. Right. And her boyfriend from 2016 slash to 2018, in between when she was divorced from Johnny Depp and the case started, was Elon Musk. Elon Musk. On again, off again. And Elon Musk... She tells him, I'm going to be fired. They're reducing my yep. role on Aquaman 2. The court case has not even been mentioned or started." Right. So
1: Elon Musk does what? He had one of his lawyers send a scorched earth letter to Warner Brothers threatening to burn the house down if she wasn't back for a sequel. Warner Brothers caved and moved forward with uh, Amber Heard, Elon Musk did not respond to Variety's request okay. for comment. So they were bullied into keeping her for Aquaman 2. By
2: but, Elon Musk? Yep. Wow. Way more to come on this. But, I mean, but that's
1: that was all before the case even started or was announced. The story has everything. It does. It's like its own movie and in and of itself. I just say... But we've got more. Yeah. Not right
2: now, but All we'll right. come back to it. Oh,
1: my this word. This is juicy. it,
2: it, it I even just, has an evil billionaire. The waters billionaire. are choppy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, everybody. We say get to the airport early and enjoy yourself before you go. Terminal 1, Terminal 2, so many nonstop
1: destinations out of our market. That's right. You, the construction's over at Terminal yes. 2, so things are back to normal there. But October can be a busy time. You know, we've got MEA weekend coming up. You want to... Pre book your parking, you can save money, you're getting in and out faster. And if you are schlepping a lot of stuff, the post road parking uh, ramp where they it goes 24 7 to pick you up. So shuttle, you don't yep. have to Lock schlep everything. Strollers, this or
2: that, it's going be a lot of yeah, loot. Yeah,
1: find a card, I'll do all that. They pick you up right and at you your car. And you save more money
2: in that lot yes, too, you do. and the service is great. But also, msprport.com. Is your hub of all your information where to pre-book your parking, where to find out about restaurants, where to find out things where things are located, where to find out what's happening. We love that. Get to the airport early and enjoy yourself before you go. Hi. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is Lori and Julia on My Talk 1071. And we have another addition to the Low Lori and Julia Book Club today. And um before we introduce our author, I'm just going to say probably one of the top recommended books by either you, Laurie, or myself is the Vis- the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and we read that during COVID. And our author V. E. Schwab um, wrote that book during COVID. So, Victoria, welcome to thank our show. You. It's so thank nice. you so much for having me. Actually, but Addie LaRue, we were both. I I, I still recommend it.
1: Someone I know is Thank you. Italy tomorrow. She's like, I need a great book. <laughs> and I said, you're going to download The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue and Beautiful Rune. Oh, I Runes.
2: love
0: that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
2: It's so nice to talk to you. So your latest book is called The Fragile Threads of Power. And it's a continuation in your Shades of Magic series. Um and we're going to talk about, like, for people just up front, Victoria, your books yeah. in a series can be read out of order, correct?
0: This one definitely can. You okay. can read this book as the fourth book in the Shades Magic series or the first book in the Threats of Power. Okay,
2: okay. perfect. Because that's always something to people, yeah. you know?
1: and I do. Was that true that when we talked to you, we were in COVID, you were weren't able to go out on book tour for really... For my money, you know, would be um, Mm -hmm. one of my top ten books of all time, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, because it was just a a completely world that it was just so compulsive to read and entertaining. How was that for you not to be able to go out and get your flowers, or was it? Well, no one was getting their flowers. Well. Well, you
0: know, at first I was really sad, of course, as things became canceled over the six months leading up to the release. And then I remember spending release day in my parents' garden on lockdown on France, picking raspberries when I should have been on an international book tour. And all I could think was, Abby LaRue would, would be so happy in this moment <laughs> to, like, do a thing which was a moment. And then I was lucky enough earlier this year that I actually went on tour for the paperback release and instead of introducing readers to the book, it was like a month long celebration. Mm. Everyone was holding space for it in a really beautiful way because it had meant so much to them when they read it during the pandemic.
2: It, That's it, really sweet, it, Victoria. Yeah,
1: it is. And it really, your book did touch us. And we always recommend that book, uh, your book, to people. And, and then, you know, that must be just kind of, I don't know, a great feeling. <laughs> It is. It's really surreal. You know, in some
0: ways, Addie LaRue was my 20th published novel. Mm-hmm. But obviously, every book reaches a new audience. And I try to see every book as like a brick in the road. Yeah. But it's really special because of how hard I work on each and every book. It's really special when one comes out the gate like that and just immediately finds its audience.
1: And the time traveling that you do in Addie LaRue and, in which it's seen, and also like in, you know, The Fragile Threads of How... I, mm-hmm. I, as a writer, I don't know how, how you, do you just have like a big board with, you know, posting notes? And- <laughs> I um yeah, I did a lot of
0: research and then basically I try to make it simple in my head. So Adela is a series that takes place over 300 years and one year. And then the art is kind of in braiding the two timelines together. Whereas in Threads of Power, the art is in braiding four different worlds together in the same time. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: So that leads us to a question. So we just literally got the books today, and we're so excited to read The Fragile Threads of Power. We absolutely adore you. Can you give people the setup of what this book is about?
0: Sure. So the Shades of Magic series and the Threads of Power series are set in four interconnected worlds just like ours, but except each one has a different relationship to magic. There's our world where, of course, magic has been forgotten. The red world where magic thrives, the white world where magic has been bound, and the black world where magic has grown so strong that it consumed everything. And most of my stories are set in the red world, the world where magic thrives. And this book follows a 15-year-old runaway, even though it's an adult fantasy novel, it has a 15-year-old protagonist runaway who is running a repair shop and trying to hide from her past and she comes into a possession of a broken object and in trying to fix it discovers that she might have the ability to unravel the world.
2: I love yeah. these magical fantasy lands. I think they're really great escapism right now and yeah. I Yeah. Well, we,
1: we are fans of it and you know when someone is a wonderful storyteller which you are Victoria mm-hmm. it, it it makes it that much more you know, wonderful. And I'm wondering for you, when you were a kid, were you, I mean, did you read the Grimm's Brothers fairy tale? What, what books did you read as a kid?
0: Well, here's the thing is like fantasy really kind of falls into two broad categories. There's the Tolkien style fantasy where you will only ever access that world through the pages of a book. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Lewis-style fantasy that tells you somewhere in your house is a cupboard with no back. Yes. Go find it. Yes, That's the kind of fantasy that I read and that I write. Yes. It has a point of departure in reality and tells you as the reader hey, just crack open the doorway to belief just a little bit, and you might find that the world is bigger, weirder, stranger, more wonderful than you thought.
1: That is such a great way it, of describing it. Is, it and that's CS the side G- that Julia and I yes. are on the same side that you're on. We're like, yeah, let's yeah. wait for that door. Well,
0: right. and that's the thing, right? Fantasy is kind of a daunting category. When you hear it, you think fantasy with a capital A, and you think it must have dragons, it must have wizards, it must have elves. But fantasy can really be anything that that takes a sneaky step away from reality. It can be folklore. It can be fairy tale. It can be ghost stories. Mm-hmm. It can be anything that asks
1: you to suspend disbelief. Yeah. You know, what the, la- the one we read this year that we put in, I put in the category of Addie LaRue was ink blood sister scribe. Yes, exactly. And, exactly. You know, cause it was like that. What a, what a world that was. <laughs> yeah i mean world building
0: and like i think world building is at its most powerful when we layer it on top of a world that we already know and understand because it makes it easier and more accessible for us to disappear into it
2: okay so so give us like so the book the new book is the fragile threads of power absolutely love the cover and Thank you. Um, tell us what has been the reader reaction to the new book
0: I mean, it's been great. I've been really fortunate. The, the inscription in the front of this book is for those who still believe in magic. And that's because a series like this, a world like this doesn't get to continue without the incredible enduring support of readers. Mm-hmm. The first trilogy, um, has, you know, more than a million readers. And it, it's been really an absolute dream to return to this world that people love and to carve out a new space and a new story, a new generation of story inside of it.
1: Oh, God, I've Victoria, got a whole series now to carry me through the winter. <laughs> I'm so excited.
2: We we really, we're so delighted to talk to you. Um, And Thank can't you.
1: wait to dig into this book. And how about Thank the, you Ad, so much. the Addie LaRue movie? I remember, like, this got yeah. optioned right away, but then we've had the writers strike that. You know, I don't know if you have any yeah. updates.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's in development. I've read the latest version of the script. I think there'll probably be at least one more polish on that before we go to casting. But honestly, the entire team behind the Abby (sighs) LaRue project is as protective and loving of the source material as I am. Is it Reese Witherspoon? No, no, it's actually, um, it's several teams. It's, uh, I don't want to speak okay, out no, of turn about, no, about yeah, anyone yeah. who's attached. <laughs> okay. But um, but no, but it has a, it has a really brilliant time, team behind it. And Augustine Frizzell is the writer and director. And you're excited. I'm very excited. I, I work as closely with it as I'm physically able, as well with the Shades of Magic film, which I actually wrote the screenplay for. So I, I try to stay really closely involved with all of my projects. Is, okay,
2: wait a minute, the chase of, did you call it? The Shades it? of Magic.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, A Darker Shade of Magic, the first book in this in this for London's world uh, that Fragile Threads of Power is reopening it is also in development for film with Sony, and, and I'm writing the script. Oh, my gosh, Victoria. Yeah, <laughs> I try to stay busy. What can I say?
2: Well, oh, this is so awesome for you. So now you're out on this book tour has, you know, is it is it fun for you? To
0: travel, it is. You know, it's about five weeks long, and I'm in a different city every single day. Wow. So I learn my my on the road self care rituals, and I miss <laughs> my dog and my cat. But I um I do. honestly getting getting to meet readers. You know, writing is a really lonely job, mm-hmm. and and then you know ninety nine percent of the time it's just me and a blank page. And so it feels like a victory, like you've conquered something when you get to go out there and meet readers and realize that I make things up for a living and then those things live in somebody else's mind. Oh. And I can't think of a, a better sense of community than to experience a, a readership and understand that, that these stories continue to live inside of them.
2: That, I don't think we've ever heard anyone say it that way. That's just kind of lovely because we're such passionate readers.
0: I just... Yeah. Because the
2: characters do live with us. Yeah. I mean...
1: We're addicted to reading.
0: I mean, I wish we all were. I certainly am. And I think that's the thing is, like, writers, we provide 50% of it. We provide the words on the paper, but we're never going to be able to account for every life experience that a reader brings to it at every point in their life. And it's such a joy to see Stories land in different ways with different audiences at different ages. I have a lot of intergenerational readers that like maybe parents and children mm-hmm. or grandparents or cousins or friends. And there's just something incredibly special about knowing that stories land in an infinite number of ways. Yeah.
2: Victoria, you're lovely. The, uh, but you go by V.E. Schwab. And the latest I, book yeah. that you can read as a first-time book in part, as part of a series mm-hmm. is The Fragile threads of power i know laurie and i are going to gobble it up mm-hmm. um and it's just it really is a delight and we
1: we I f- knew we'd be talking to you again after addie larue we we're like oh, we don't know when we're talking to her but we know we'll talk to her again <laughs> oh do, well, thank you yeah.
2: do you victoria have like besides your book do you have a favorite last book that really touched you that you thought was a really good read
0: yeah okay the little thieves series by Margaret Owen. The first book is just called Little Thieves. is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful tale esque depictions of fantasy. It, it, it is its own world, and yet it feels so beautifully grounded and so lyrical. I think if anyone is already a fan of my writing style and my books, that they would very much like Little Thieves.
2: Okay, well, that's good. a good recommendation that we haven't heard before. Oh. I love it. And is yeah. will there be a sequel to Addie LaRue or another book? There won't be a sequel,
1: but my next...
3: I'm Bradley Trainer,
1: And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item.
3: A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out.
1: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person
3: behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
1: This novel is
0: a standalone, and I can't tell you the title, unfortunately. It's okay. still secret, but I like to say it's my it's the other side of the coin from Addie LaRue. It's, the, it's a sister novel for it. Ooh.
1: Oh,
2: all right. You, we love your writing. Thank we you. wish, we wish the book tours
1: included Minneapolis, St. Paul, I know. but the, Alaska, I know next
0: time, next time,
1: next time, we are, we're big readers here.
0: Oh, well, thank you so
1: much, Victoria. Thank you again. Uh, the book, The Fragile Threads of Power, V. E. Schwab, instant New York Times bestseller. Congratulations. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Okay, yeah, you too. too.
2: All right, so here's the deal. I was talking to someone today. Talking about reading. I know, but I was talking to someone today about what you know their child is going through at school, and they were a COVID kindergarten kid, mm-hmm. and how how much they're struggling at reading and um, trying to find different magical ways to get them involved with the word on the page, and right. it's really been a struggle. And it's a third grader. Um, And at the end of third grade, all the studies show you need to be proficient in reading to really be able to excel in fourth grade and onward in your education. And I just said, you know, if this struggle is just really there, why not just go to Learning RX? They've got seven Metroid locations and find Hudson. Yes, and find out about their assessment. It's fifty percent off when you mention us, and we're talking like ninety nine dollars. You know, when you after the discount and. An hour of your time. I think it's worth it just to find out what's going on and go from there. Um, We know their reading program is the best in town.
1: Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Trying to put our heads in the sand about what is happening in the world all around us. It's so upsetting. It is. Everything that is going on. So we will just continue to carry on going forward and hoping that um everything prevails and you know just uh, it's just so nuts it's scary it just feels like a very scary time so um uh proving the theory that new york city kids do grow up fast julia fox her new memoir came out last tuesday and you're probably how many people are going to read it i don't know but the The memoir is called Down the Drain. And they always say that city kids, New York City kids, that are, you know, they are, they're a level of sophistication that you just wouldn't find anywhere else. Any city kid like that, big city where you're learning how to take the subway when you're nine and 10, all this kind of. Right. Kind of grown-up. stuff. So she's a New York City kid. So here... And Julia Fox briefly dated Kanye West just right. for some reference for people. That's right. And uh, if you saw the Adam Sandler movie, Uncut Gems, she... Uncut Gems. She was in the movie. But here are some things from her memoir that we may not read. So I'll paraphrase for you. And I can save you that. But maybe you want to read it. So um let's see. She really is... She was... You know, this was published by Simon & Schuster. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, she's, she got, uh, she talks about everything from her childhood in New York City where by age six she stole money from her dad and was shoplifting. And um, she moved from Italy to New York City with her dad while her mom and her brother stayed behind in Italy. And anyway, so she's, this is, this is, wow. yeah, and and um, she tried pot for the first time when she was 11. She got wild very quickly because, you know, her dad was working, and you, know, you can see how that happens. Um, she understood at a young age that the private girls' school girls were different than her and her friends that went to public school, mm-hmm. and so they started stealing clothes to appear richer. Sure. Okay. And she still uses clothes. You know, she's always got some kind of clothing armor on. Um, and she loved stealing. And she was a very avid shoplifter by 12. But she got busted at Bloomingdale, where to this day she's banned. And um she got a tattoo at 12 for free from a tattoo artist at St. Mark's um, Square. Square. Mm-hmm. And... And her father told her and her friends, you're worse than the girls in that movie, 13. When she was 12. She writes about that. She ran away from home at 15 to be with a boyfriend. And she fell in love with this boy who was visiting from out of town. And they did ecstasy the first. And she, she was in love. They had a torrid affair. And she was 15 years old. She tried yes. heroin at 16. Mm-hmm. She met a drug dealer. And... um So she writes about that, and I guess she writes in great detail about heroin, kicking heroin with Suboxone. I guess that, in the reviews I've read, like they've never they we haven't had this kind of like honesty around heroin right addiction at a young age. At eighteen, she saw an ad for a dominatrix on Craigslist that promised no sex, no nudity. And she answered her, she got hired, she started the very next day. Her first client, his way that he liked to be dominated was for her to blow cigarette smoke into his mouth. Hmm. Okay, and for six months. I can't think of anything worse. She went, she was a dominatrix at night, a senior in high school, in the daytime. Hmm. Wow, I and could she made barely I could barely be a checkout beggar at the grocery yeah, right. store when no, I was she in She made school. enough money to get an apartment with yeah. a friend in the Meatpacking District and she got uncut jam. It was the role of a lifetime. 2019 the screenwriter had been telling her for 5 years, "I have an idea if, and you would be perfect for the role." She aced the screen test with Sandler. The director, everybody, they wanted Gaga. They wanted Jennifer Lawrence. They wanted a named person because she was nobody. How old was she when she started? There? Well, twenty nineteen. So how old is she now? I think she's like thirty two. Okay, and well, yeah. but anyway, she she didn't expect to get it, but she got it, and it got a buzzed about role. And I guess how she says, uncut gems. Something like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. And she's playing kind of a stereotype again. Okay. And then Kanye, she calls him the artist. We're talking about book. Julia Fox. Yeah, Julia okay. Fox. She doesn't call him Kanye. She calls him the artist because of the stuff she reveals about him and her lawyer. And Simon & Schuster told her, give him a moniker. Okay, perfect. And she said they met after he asked a friend of a friend for a phone number. And then he started calling her and they would talk for hours. And he wanted her to be his New Year's Eve date in Miami. And she jokingly said, only send a plane for me and I can bring some friends. Mm -hmm. He sent a plane. Mm -hmm. And the day after they met in person, he invited her to dinner where he bluntly asked her, would you want to be my girlfriend? How would you feel about taking the republic the relationship public? And when she was like, I'm okay with it, he kind of pulled forward these paparazzi and they staged the photos right there. Okay. He like planned it in advance. It
2: feels like a Kanye move.
1: And um, and and but she said he told her if you're worried about him me embarrassing you, I wouldn't do that. You have a son, and my mom was a single mom, but I will pay for a boob job and um wow yeah gave her a birkin and he also (laughs) boob jobs and birkins and birkins she he sent her a would send her a bunch of clothes to her hotel room which were all variations on the same skin tight black jumpsuit
2: I scott his thing with just staying on one solid color.
1: Yeah. Okay. By their second date, he said, I want a team to work on your wardrobe. By the third date, her stylist told her to meet her in the bath bathroom where she was on a dinner date. And in the bathroom, the stylist offered her different clothes to wear. And then that made her wonder why he didn't just tell her he didn't like her original outfit. She said she felt like a show monkey. And can you imagine? And
2: call, the, like being on a date with him and then having him call someone to go meet you in the bathroom, bathroom. to change your clothes. And it's then not he right. told her, I could That's get so- you a
1: boob job if you want. And the words stung. His words stick to me like a piece of lint on my clothes. I couldn't shake off the uncomfortable feeling uh, that I had for him. But he was all in on, you know, it was a very coordinated yes, stage. Yes, you could tell that. She refused to sign an NDA. I love that about her. Mm-hmm. She just feels like she is... Um, She's lived a lot of life and she's being very honest about everything she's Mm -hmm. writing about. I mean, I was kind of like surprised at all these things that she was being so frank about. But I saw her on Entertainment Tonight and for her, you know, getting on Suboxone was for her how she got off of her heroin addiction. Mm -hmm. She said, I feel like, no, there's not enough people that know about you know and i'm just like whoa and that is sometimes like with heroin it is like a young people are surprised at the younger ages that will try to right uh, so i mean you know she's getting a lot of places are interviewing her and stuff so we'll see how her book does but and her career yeah down the drain is the name of the book kind of makes me
2: like her more i know
1: that's how I feel about it. And I think I think she won with the
2: Kanye, Kanye relationship. So she cause got we, out after six weeks. She and like, and nope. she won. Yeah, Because we didn't even know who she was really, except her if you saw that one movie. I mean, yeah. I feel like her name went global. Right. Good for, for her. Sure. Good for her. I hope people buy the book.